Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. What stood out for you from last week? For those of you who remember or have notes to look back on, just something, just two or three people just say, this really impacted me. And I know some, a lot of you messaged me and said it was impactful. And the, 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 the tragedy is that we often just move on from a message and we don't kind of like milk it for all it's worth to be able to allow it to impact us. And so for those that weren't here, this is beneficial because now you're sharing something that really impacted you from last week. And then for those of you who were here, it reminds you of what we, we spoke about last week. And it's just, it's because we're building on the theme of Holy Spirit, it enables us to kind of like be refreshed in what we're talking about and keep going in that direction. So two or three people. Malcolm, you're going to come up for sure. Come, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie will come first so you can think. <laughs> who, who's going to go after Malcolm? Go, then we'll have Anna. Go for it. Um, okay, so then you said there's no uh, Christianity without spirit. Hmm. And that, that was really cool. Hmm. That's awesome. We, we often have this phrase of spirit-filled Christianity. And I just said that's, that's kind of like a stupid statement because there's no such thing as unspirit-filled Christianity. Every Christian has the spirit of God. Who was next? Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I just think, in terms of what we learned last week, is that there is really no separation between us and God. Mm. And, and the thing is, it just really, you can't walk closer to somebody that you're already one with. Mm. And, and, and that you shouldn't be afraid to walk out of what God has placed inside of you. That's awesome. And yeah, that's really blessed me So, mm. thank you. Awesome. That's good. Thank you. Anna. And then we'll finish with you soon. <laughs> I'll read from my notes. <laughs> Not all of it. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, yeah, something, a question, sorry, a question that you asked that might be challenging for some of us or all of us was um, why are you glorying what you have done for Christ instead of what he has done for you? That really, like, struck chord with me and then something else that also blessed me was or challenged <laughs> sin will harden your heart towards God but it will never harden his heart to your, towards you mm. so yeah it's all about what so what we do or the mistakes and the sin that we do like that's not going to influence God's attitude toward you it's just going to harden your heart towards him so yeah that's awesome Good to know. That also just shows like how God relates to us is purely grace. It's never performance-based. It's never based on what you've done or haven't done. It's always grace, which is great. Uh, just like a one-line for me was that um, Christianity is not a lifestyle. It is life. Mm-hmm. So that is Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And that's a great introduction to what I'm sharing on uh, with regard to the Spirit. But this past week I had an opportunity to speak with more than seven people within different campuses, uh, one-on-one. And, um, and uh, what I, these are all like seven different people who were all facing different challenges. And you know, some of them were health challenges, some of them were work or financial challenges, some of them were relationship or marriage challenges. And you know, some of the, the challenges were obviously more complicated than others. Um, some of them were more severe than others, but 
there was some form of challenge. And yeah, I, I realized like some of you might be facing some kind of challenges. It doesn't make it like it's not a sin necessarily, but it's like there, there might just be things that you're facing that you're needing to overcome. And as I was thinking about this and praying about it, I was like, yeah, I, I, what, I, I want to minister into that area, but now I'm the one who set the theme for, for, for every campus, like it's the Holy Spirit. And so, and then God just showed me how it, obviously we can bring it together. Um, but, you know, I wanted to make this statement before I get there, and that is that in a legalistic environment, now what do I mean by that? In, in, a, in an environment where there's a focus in on your actions and your inactions and, and on sin and this is how you should live and this is how you shouldn't live. And I mean there's right and there's wrong always, right? But in a legalistic environment or church, um, sin and challenges will really always be concealed. You know, you'll have your mask on because you need to keep up appearances and you'll try your best to make sure that you look good. But in a, a, a grace environment where you're not treated as you deserve, but you're treated better than you deserve, and there's love really at the center of everything, the masks come off because you know you're not going to get judged. You're going to get helped. And that's really what I saw when I was meeting with different people was, you know, some people had to share things that were a bit more hectic than others, but it was kind of like there wasn't any fear of rejection. You know, and, and, and that just shows like there's a beautiful spirit of grace that we're operating in, which I'm thankful for. Um, and that causes growth in our lives because then, you know, you can kind of, you know, Jesus demonstrated leadership and ministry by washing the disciples' feet. Okay? Their feet weren't like ours. Most of you, not, some of you don't have clean feet now, but most of us have clean feet right now. Okay, some of us would be embarrassed if I said, come forward, I want to like inspect your feet. And, you know, in, 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 uh, when Jesus was washing the feet, the disciples' feet, they'd been walking, so it's sweat, they'd been walking through dusty roads, they'd been walking on roads where horses and camels are just doing their business everywhere. So they were smelly, they were stinky, they were sweaty. And um, what's amazing is he still gets down on his hands and knees and washes their feet. So he's not scared of our mess. That's one of the messages that we can get out of that, is that Jesus isn't scared of our mess, and in a church community, we shouldn't be scared of mess either. Because often what happens is someone will open up and it'll be like rejection instead of help. How can you get help if you don't open up? Anyway, that was for free. <laughs> but all of us have a challenge or will at some point face a challenge, and we need to overcome the challenge. And, you know, I just wanted to encourage every single one of us that we have what it takes to overcome. We have what it takes to overcome. This, um, I think we've got the verses, 1 John 5. 1 John 5. Thank you to my wife and Martinette who helped me get these onto the slides. I didn't have enough time today, so that's awesome. Um, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Okay, so you're a child of God when you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Saint One, the Christ. Then verse 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. We achieve the victory over, because of our faith. Verse 5, and who can win the battle against this world? Only those that are basically children of God. Now, what I wanted to point out there was, it says that we, we, we overcome through faith, and you can go so wrong with that. 
and think now I've got to build up this faith muscle and I've got to kind of, and you can get into works with that and try and figure out, well, I don't have faith. If you believe, you have faith because you believe. Okay, so that's settled. Uh, but faith here, I really believe, is also just pointing to our relationship with God. And so because of our relationship with God, we can overcome. That's what it's saying. So it's showing us the way to overcome is drawing from our relationship with the Father. And that's what we we want to look at today. Is we've got what it takes to overcome the challenges that we have, but how do we draw from that? How do we withdraw from that account, so to speak? It doesn't mean that things in our lives are magically going to turn out. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It doesn't mean that it's going to work out the way that it should or the way that you want it to. Especially in some of our circles, we kind of have this thought and belief that I'm just going to declare it and it's going to come to pass. And yes and no. (laughs) Because, for example, in a situation where someone else's will is involved, you can't do that. That would be control and that's like witchcraft. If you're trying to control someone. So you can't just declare, you know, uh, uh, this person is giving me a hard time, Priyank, he's just going to start loving me. That's not going to work. He's got a choice, a free will to to love me or not. So you get what I mean. So not everything's just going to work out the way that you want it to. Okay. The thing we've got to realize is overcoming doesn't always look like healing. Overcoming doesn't always look like supernatural provision. Overcoming doesn't always look like a relationship restored. Although that's what God would want for us. He would want those things and there's provision for those things and that is one way of overcoming, but there's another way of overcoming. Okay? And that is, while you're facing the challenge or the situation, you've got joy and you've got peace and you're stable and people are looking at you and going, how is it that you're not shaken by these things that should, you should be shaking you? And there's only one answer for that, and it is our relationship with God. Okay, we, we should be able to say like the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, and he's writing from prison, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he's in prison. You know, some of us, on, everyone in the room is not in prison right now, unless you're a drug here and you're forced. And, and if you are, I'm sorry. But the point is, is that, you, you know, if we were, we're not in prison and yet most of us, or a lot of us, let me say, not most of us, hopefully, wouldn't be able to say that we're rejoicing right now because of the challenges that we have. Romans 8.28 is another reason to rejoice. That, you know, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to His purposes. So many people, Christians and non-Christians, just have this mindset of it's all going to work out. It might not. <laughs> For some people, it just doesn't work out. Like, you know, they're having a, 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 a difficult time in business and they're like, they're positive, you know, they're, they're optimistic. It's going to work out. We, we're going to see this work out. And then it doesn't. And the business folds and, and they're on the streets or whatever the case is. Like, it didn't work out. God can bring something good out of it. God didn't cause the problem, but it didn't work out. And so we've got to be careful that we're not optimistic and we're not pessimistic we're Christians <laughs> okay we believe that in all things God can work together for good but we don't just like you know what it always works out in the end who says <laughs> it's not all just going to work out in the end 
So, you know, get back to reality and, 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 and realize that for those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose, He can work all things together for us. Okay, so that, I know that encouraged you. That's great. So in a, in a crisis or a challenging situation, one of the things you need, to do, you need the most in a crisis or a challenging situation is encouragement. Amen? We need encouragement. And uh, you know, encouragement could basically just be described as an impartation of courage to your heart. Because now you're encouraged, you've got courage in your heart you can op- to, to be able to face your challenge and overcome, to push through. And that comes from being encouraged. Okay. So in order for that to take place, I really believe that the key is for us to start focusing in on our relationship with God, on who's living inside of us, on our oneness with Him. Okay, 1 John 4 verse 4 says, um, The greater one is, uh, let me read the whole thing, Ye are God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So, you know, we've got, if we've got, he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit with him. So it's like when we believe, we've got Jesus living in us, and because of that, that anything we face is secondary to that. It's not, you know, we're bigger than the problem. That's the mentality you've got to have. Even if something's overcoming you, I'm bigger than this. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So, fear, timidity should not be part of our makeup. It shouldn't be like something bad happens, we shouldn't be freaking out. You know, we shouldn't be kind of like falling apart. We should be, we should be like what the rest of this verse says. We should be have an attitude because we've got the spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Self-discipline just to be able to not fall apart in the situation. Because so it's easy to fall apart if you're focused on the wrong things. But if you're focused on Christ in you, if you're focused on God with you, then you can overcome. You can be bold. You can be strong. Only when you know that God is with you. So when you know also that He is the comforter, He is your encourager, then that helps. You know, a lot of people see the Holy Spirit as He's the condemner. We see God as He's making me feel bad for the things that I'm doing wrong. We, we see Him as um, He's on my case about something I've done wrong. And that's not the case at all. In the Bible, the accuser of the brethren is the devil, not God. So when we're feeling condemnation, guilt, or shame for something, we can be convinced it's never God. Never God. At best, it's our own conscience. And at worst, it's just the devil on our case. We can deal with both. Okay, but look at John chapter 16, verse 7. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, expedient, that I go away... For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And Jesus is saying, the Spirit is going to come. The Comforter, that's what he calls him. Not the Condemner, but the Comforter. And so the Holy Spirit is here to minister comfort and encouragement. Not to make us feel bad. To make us look to Jesus and be encouraged. One One of the other things that, I mean, you could probably think of many things in a challenging situation that you need. But as I was meditating on this, one of the other things is refreshing. 
I mean, if you're going through a challenge, it can be weary. You can grow weary, right? I know I'm speaking to the wrong crowd because we don't have challenges. But when we have challenges, we can get weary. And then we need refreshing. And uh, we all try and fill that gap with something like Netflix or the beach or I don't know what, a friend or I don't know what. You fill in the blank. We try and fill it in with these things which are great, but they're just band-aids often on an amputee because they can't fix the problem, right? I really need a holiday. You go on holiday, you come back and the problems didn't go away. You just had a break from it. (laughs) You know, so you get what I mean. Isaiah 55 verse 1. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Okay? I think I spoke on this last week here or in Tigerberg, it doesn't matter. But this is a 700 year old plus year old prophecy of salvation, of what Jesus would do for us, of what he would offer us. Okay? This is speaking about um, uh, salvation through Jesus, the Spirit living in us. And he's saying, come and drink. If you're thirsty, come and drink. And it's a proverb for just believe, but it's a metaphor for believe, but let's just, we're going to build on this with two other verses now. Okay? But keep in mind, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Now, when you come and drink from these, uh, from, from this living water that he's offering us, you don't thirst anymore. That's the point. So as a Christian, you should never be weary. You should never be thirsty. Thirsty. Okay? Look at Isaiah 12, verse 3. With triumphant joy, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Okay? With triumphant joy, another prophecy of salvation. But with triumphant joy, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. It's showing us that there will be a deep satisfaction in our relationship with God, and that would help us through the challenges that we face. Okay? The streams of salvation are representing His life in us. His life in us, which would bring us refreshing. Okay? And through Jesus, God's uh, uh, children, as His children, we are living wells of salvation. And, And this not only affects us, but it will affect the people around us as we come into contact with them. Like Jesus then says in John chapter 7. Now the interesting thing is, is Jesus is now quoting from Isaiah 55 when he's speaking. In Isaiah 55 it said, are you thirsty? Come and drink. Now he's referring to that in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. He's declaring the fulfillment of the prophecy from 700 plus years ago. He's declaring that he is the fulfillment of what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55. And he's saying, if you're thirsty, come to me. What is he saying? I am salvation. Salvation is found in me. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But, it's amazing how it says everyone. Everyone. No one's excluded. If you believe, you've got it. But the Spirit has, had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So, we've got this, this refreshing well inside of us, 
as believers, and we need to, in a challenging circumstance, make a withdrawal. We need to be drawing, and not drawing with, um, I don't know what the word is, but it says draw with joy. Meaning there's something that's going to cause joy in our hearts and in our lives, and it should be a joy for us to actually make that withdrawal. Not like when you go to your, your ATM, and you're making a withdrawal, and you're like, you really don't want to make a withdrawal, but you need to use the money. Yeah, it's not that kind of withdrawal. When you make a withdrawal from the well of salvation, it doesn't leave you in a deficit. There's always a surplus. There's always more than enough. So you've always got what you need. What we really need to do in order to be refreshed is to become aware and to perceive and acknowledge and to recognize that we've got this in us. That He is one with us. We've got this refreshing. And then the more we focus on it, you know, the more we start to experience Him. The more we focus on Him, the, the closer you, you, you'll feel to Him. You're already one with Him. You can't get closer than you are. But you'll feel one with Him. You'll experience His goodness. Okay? But the other thing with this is, is obviously by praying in the Spirit, you can access it even more. And that's something that we'll, we'll, we'll look at uh, maybe next week. But, you know, with, with everyone I spoke to this week, you know, they also had one other big thing in common. Okay? And I would love to get some guesses here. But what was the, the thing in common that they also all needed? Anyone want to take a wild guess? Besides a hug, something else. Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, that was the people I spoke to. You might be facing a challenge which you don't need wisdom for. I could not think of a situation where you wouldn't need wisdom. We all need wisdom when, we, when we're facing a challenge. And where, we need to ask ourselves, if it's wisdom we need, where do we get wisdom? You can go to exclusive books, to the self-help section, and get some, 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 some books that can help you. You might die before you finish reading the book. <clears throat> In the Christian section or the non-Christian section. You know, your, your problem might be done before you finish reading the book and you get what you need. And you can get wisdom in the counsel of many, going to different people and asking. But, you know, you, you, people will, will even say you can get wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And let me just say this. The book of Proverbs is not meant to give you wisdom. The whole Bible, Genesis to Malachi, it's, the Proverbs in that is not meant to give you wisdom. It's meant to lead you to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of Genesis to Malachi. It's not to, 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 to give you an idea of something or teach you about creation or anything like that. It's to lead you to salvation. Okay, to point you to Jesus. So if you're going to Proverbs for just wisdom on how to deal with your situation, you might come off short. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom and from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So this is saying, if we're in Christ, we've got, like He's become our wisdom. So we've got wisdom, which means Christ in us is the wisdom that we need. Amen? So you don't need to look for wisdom on the outside completely. I'm going to get there. But you look for wisdom on the inside from Christ in you. And I mean, I've been in many situations where you know, I'll draw from that within me. I'll, I'll spend time praying, uh, 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 spending time in the Spirit and just waiting on God and I get the wisdom I need. 
years back, it was probably like eight, nine years ago, I remember as a ministry we were facing a really difficult thing. For, this has happened recently too now, I realize. Like, but we were facing a challenge and I was like, okay, I need to get alone with God and make a decision on this. So what did I do? I went out into the Kutzenberg fields in Stellenbosch where no one could find me. I switched my phone off and I just spent some time praying and reading my Bible and God gave me the answer. And I didn't think of the answer before that. It was information I didn't know previously. So it's not like I'm going through my filing system trying to figure out how do I deal with this. It's like I'm going, God, how do I deal with this? And then he tells me something that I didn't know previously. So it's not just your brain figuring it out. Um, then more recently, I think I shared this last week, we had a decision to make with the, with the elders. And I was like, we're all praying about it and uh, separately. And as I was praying about it, God, you know what God said to me? He said, you've got overseers for this. <laughs> so contact Ben in, in America, I mean in England. Contact uh, Mark in, in, in um, where is he? Alabama. <laughs> contact, you know, Lamek in or Isaac in Zimbabwe. Ask them what they would do. And it was brilliant. <laughs> but you know why God did that? And he didn't just tell me the answer. It was because it builds relationship. And it's humility. So there's a, a key for, for something we'll talk about just now. If you want the answer to a question later, just remember the key. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. It says, For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as, uh, as we are being joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. And now He is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. So it's the same verse, just in the Passion. And it's saying through our relationship with God, which is faith, we have access to wisdom. We have wisdom to overcome. So if you need to navigate through troubled waters, you need to press into your relationship with God. You don't have to do something to try and get close to Him, but you need Him to lean on Him and go, God, I need your help. What would you do? Or give me some advice, or whatever the case is. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24 says, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, as I was reading this verse and, and meditating on it, I realized like many Christians were seeking power or signs and wonders. But this verse is showing us in context that the power is really just the gospel. The message of God's grace and His love for us. That's the key to your challenging situation. We would look at a situation and go, we're wanting power to overcome it, or we're wanting a miracle, or we're wanting some supernatural thing, but actually what we need is just the wisdom of God, not something miraculous. Wisdom is miraculous, I know that, but just work with me. <laughs> we're looking for something like to, to hand to write the answer on the wall, or someone to drop money on our heads, or something. We're looking for something like extraordinary, when all we need is just wisdom. And this is showing us that the wisdom is in the gospel. What he's done for us and freely offers us. What is the salvation? Him living in us. So it's showing us that that's the answer. And we need to lean into that. Next week we'll talk more about that in terms of um, um, the ability of tongues and all of that kind of stuff. Because um, that's how we can access this wisdom. If we need wisdom... One of the ways is to pray in the Spirit and get the download, so to speak. Okay? Um, 
But, you know, the answer for many situations that we face isn't just, isn't just um, pray and ask God and get into the Word and whatever the answer is that you think it is. Yeah, with a, yeah, we often just think, okay, like, okay, so what's the solution to my challenge right now? And I'm sure it, most of us would answer the same thing. Well, I need to spend time just in prayer and just meditating on the truth of the Word and just receiving from God and that'll help me. Amen, it will. But that's not all that we can do to receive from the well of salvation. Okay? One of the keys for, for this is, is the love of God. We need to be um, um, experiencing His love. And there's a verse that I don't have in my notes there, but I want to turn to it. In Ephesians chapter 3, so if you want to turn with me there, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul's praying for the believers he's writing to in verse 14, he says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your inmost being with His divine might and explosive power. Now that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Where is that? You all fail. You're going to hell now. (laughs) I'm joking. What does that mean? Where is that? Inside of us. He's saying that we, he, he's praying that we would see what we've got. So the answer is within us. This power, this encouragement, everything. And, he say, and then he says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep within you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. And so now he's talking about the love of Christ and he's saying if you're rooted in this love, if you're resting in his love, this will be your unshakable foundation. So one of the keys for us in dealing with challenges is focusing in on his love. And it goes on in verse 18 and 19 and it says, Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and it's inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. The extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to the full, uh, overflowing with the fullness of God. And I'm pretty sure that every single one of us would say, in a challenging situation, that would help is experiencing that because it would cause us to go forward. Where in a challenging circumstance you're wanting to hide often. What is, before I get there, uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 5, the Passion says, And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. That's a powerful verse. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 if you want to look at it. Now the point is we need to be rooted and, and grounded in and experience His amazing love. 
God's love that, hey, it's without any condition. I love you anyway. Okay? Except for the person that I said this to this week. (laughs) You know who you are. How do we experience that love? I've just read read some verses which can help you if you if you're wanting an answer. <clears throat> How do we experience that love, Lucas? Put you on the spot, Claudia. The one. The gospel. Aware of what you have. It's not all bad. You get some good answers. What do you think, Priya? Community. Thank you. Most people won't answer community. Most people answer Holy Spirit, Bible, pray, put some worship song on or something like that. And yet, I believe the number one way that God wants you to experience His love is through us. The number one way. Why? Because you're not born again into isolation, you're born again into community. And what is the number one thing that we all do in crisis? Well, most of us. I know I do. We isolate. We pull, we withdraw. We, we, we defense mechanism, I don't know, but we, we, we feel like we need to do it on our own. Okay? So, how do we experience this love? We've got to realize He wants us to experience it through the Spirit in the brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? We're going to look at a long passage of, of, of Scripture now, but before we get there, I mean, if you're seeking God for wisdom, someone in the room might have it. And you might go, you know what, I haven't spoken to Priyank. Let me, let me, let me meet up with him and, and share my, my, what, what my challenge and maybe he'll, he'll give me an answer. Like he'll help me. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just encourage me. But hey, we've got to connect. Or, you know, something else that could happen is, is um, uh, uh, Priyank's busy praying, like he often does, and he, and he gets a word for you. And he, and he phones you up and he's like, hey, Tuleka, I was praying for you. I just felt to pray for you. And I felt this is something that God wants to encourage you with. And she's like, I've been trying to, I've been seeking an answer. That, that's a blessing for me. Some of you have experienced that. I've experienced that. I've seen that in operation. That's the love of God flowing towards us through the Spirit in each other. Not from the man of God or the woman of God or the, the priest or the whatever up front. That, our job up front is to equip you to do that with each other. You know, and I love what you said this week, the, uh, on Friday, I think it was, at, at men's group, which is every Friday morning at 7 a.m. at Century City Bootleggers if you want to attend. But he said, Malcolm said this week, he's like, this week, he, what, how did you put it? He said to me that at the end of the group that the more he was leaning into his relationship with God or seeking God about it, the less he needed to talk to me. Which is awesome. I mean, we still spoke, but he didn't need to, to ask me stuff because he, he was getting answers, but there was still relationship. You get what I mean? So yes, God wants to speak to you personally, but He also wants you to minister to each other. Not just me to you, but us all together. So let's look at Romans chapter 12, and this illustrates it beautifully from the Passion, five, verse 5 to 13. So it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. And that's just showing like we're part of one another. That's what the idea that it's trying to give us. Okay? This means that we are all vitally joined to one another 
with each contributing to the others. And some of you, you've experienced this. Some of you haven't yet. You've experienced the power of community. And if you've got a short testimony on that, I'll give an opportunity later, but just something that you've experienced that and you're like, this is really like God was working through people. Because that's how God works. You know, you're trusting God for provision. He's not going to drop it on your head from, from a bird flying over, although he could. He's going to work through people. If people don't want to work, then a bird might. You know? But anyway, this means that we all vitally join to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. Now it goes on to talk about these different abilities of the Spirit, these different gifts within the, the body of Christ. Look at what they're for. Okay? If God gives you a gift that's not for you, it's for us. It's for the world. Okay? Um, verse, what was it? There we are. So, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the, pro the uh, proportion of faith you have to prophesy. Why? To encourage people. To build them up. To point them towards God. Verse 7. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. Where do we serve? The body of Christ as in a church, but not the tea and coffee, and we appreciate those serving the tea and coffee. But serving is like um, someone's got a need and you go and help them in the week. It's not limited to a Sunday. It's in the week. And you might need the Holy Spirit to alert you to a need in the, in the family that you go then and step out and go and help and serve and bless and whatever. And if you're like, well, I don't know anyone here, then come to life group. Get to know some people. <laughs> Stay afterwards. Get to know some people. And then if your gift is serving and you, you just thrive in serving, then look for opportunities to serve people. Obviously, there's tea and coffee and there's the, the chairs and all this that you can serve in too. But, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, like when, when someone has a baby, like Etienne and Catherine have a baby, and Tigerberg Campus then got together and a lot of people then provide meals for the first two weeks of having baby so that they don't have to worry about meals for a while. You know, that's a way of serving. Things like that. Someone going, many of you know, when, when COVID was quite strong and people were getting COVID and, and no one died, praise God, and people were very sick, but you know, when they were in isolation as a family, we provided meals. We sent groceries. We tried our best to help people. Why? Because we're part of one another and the Spirit was ministering to us through each other. I mean, it was, it was funny because we had to go into isolation while waiting for results at one stage when it was all crazy at that stage. And we didn't think of um, meals and things like that because we were helping to organize it. And there was a couple that we least expected at Tigerberg that contacted Etienne and said, doesn't Shane and Martin need a meal? And so then they organized a meal. And we were like, we didn't think of that. We would have been fine, I'm pretty sure. But that was a huge blessing. We didn't have to think about it. So, you know, it's a blessing like when we serve in natural things like that too. If your grace gift is teaching then be actively teaching and training others. Now, what's the purpose of teaching? That people would be taught. <laughs> it's deep. A lot of people think that teaching is to get to present a, an amazing revelation. I've got a, 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 I need, I've got a revelation I need to share with you. That revelation is useless unless it's helpful. 
We want people taught so that they can enjoy the fruit of what we're talking about. Okay? Um, then actively be teaching and training others. Verse 8. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, this is one that we all need, especially in crisis, then use it often to encourage others. How often? Often. <laughs> so we should be all encouragers because we've all got Jesus in us. Amen? So you can do this. If you have the grace gift uh, of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. I think that's pretty good. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. If you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. What's another word for that? Hypocrite. Okay. What's the problem with a hypocrite? Some of you know something's coming. They're not hip with it. <laughs> anyway. Um, despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be de- listen, listen to this. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. This is the Spirit at work in us and through us in community. A lot of us, when we think about the power of the Spirit, we're thinking of a Benny Hinn crusade or something like that. <laughs> like a power. <laughs> like, we're not talking about that. This is more powerful than people doing those things. This is powerful because like, we had it last week um, at, at the um, Sunday morning when we were ministering in, in Tigerburg. I spoke to someone after the service and they said, you know, they're just re- they're really overwhelmed and thankful. It's the first time I was speaking to this person, the first time I met them. And they said, because I've gone to many churches and I've gotten many great messages and words from the pulpit and things like this, and, but I've never experienced this, what, I, what I'm seeing right now. The, the, the relative they had brought was connecting to people and they hate church. <laughs> they were connecting to people and enjoying connecting to people. And she was there enjoying connecting to people. And she was just like, thank you. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not really connecting too well with you right now. I'm busy leaving. And she was like, no, you've done amazing. <laughs> you know, but, but it was like she was experiencing community and that was more powerful than a good message for her. And we would all testify to the same, really. Um, despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. That's a cool goal for the week. 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards Him boiling hot. Radiate Uh, with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. See, a lot of people see serving God as something that's depleting me. Something that I'm pouring myself out for. Something that's burdensome and laborious or whatever. Negative. It's not. It should be energizing. It should be something that as we're doing it, he's He's filling us and we're experiencing His strength in us. Verse 12, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. So there's the answer to times of trouble. It's fellowship with Jesus. 
It's relationship with God. Okay? Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Well, there's a couple of great challenges in verse 13, isn't there? It says, number one, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people. One of the ways that you can do that, challenge number one, is when you're fellowshipping and connecting and whatever, is, are you ready for it? Listening more than talking. In a sense of asking questions maybe, even just to find out about the other person and not just be concerned with yourself. It's a great uh, tip for, for being able to help someone else and, and, and build relationships. You know? And then it says, don't even just listen to the, the, the situation, their needs, but respond by helping them. How can you help? Figure it out. Ask God if you have to, if you can't figure it out. <laughs> and then it says, and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. And this is part of what community does. We see it in Acts chapter 2 and throughout the book of Acts, where they were meeting together in homes, not just church buildings, but they were meeting in homes. They were eating together. You know, church that eats together is, is healthy. <laughs> you know, we should constantly be meeting and eating. Amen? Food is good. And fellowship, good fellowship happens around the table. You know, with, with the, the, the boot camp mission school that we've got at the moment, we have 17 people every night for dinner around the table. We don't have one table that can fit 17 people, but we have three tables in our living room and sometimes outside because it, it's, it's fellowship. And it's a rich time of fellowship. And it's good. So there's a couple challenges there. But overall, what I'm wanting to just encourage us in is that the Spirit of God in us is the answer to the challenges that we face. But sometimes the answer isn't just within you, it's in the person sitting next to you. It's in the brother or sister in Christ who you haven't seen in a while. And so we need to humble ourselves to reach out and go, would you pray for me? Let's meet up for coffee. Can we talk about something? Not just with the pastor, although that's why I'm here as well, but with each other. If you don't know each other, then, then there's the pastor. <laughs> so if you contact me, I know that you don't know anyone. <laughs> anyway, I want us to, to close off by praying and just allowing the Lord just to minister to you as we pray. And as you, if you're praying in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit and trust God for a word for someone to encourage them. Yet one of the things that came through here was encourage one another. How often? Often. So let's make it this and often now. Where we can encourage one another. And you can message it to them or whatever, but maybe even just go to them after the service. And I'm sure that there'll be two or three people who have a word to come forward and, and share it from the, the microphone that will encourage us all. But um, we're going to just spend two minutes praying and, and uh, closing off like that. But before we do, uh, is, does, is anyone brave enough to share a testimony quickly of when community impacted you, when the Spirit of God moved through someone to impact you? Come, Claudia. Who wants to go after Claudia? We'll have you, Sumi, and then Anna. Wow, okay, that's good. No, again, for the third time. <laughs> um, before coming, so for those that don't know, we, me and my husband, we came from Albania to do boot camp. And when the opportunity was presented to us, the person that told us, they started the conversation with, if money was not an issue, would you go? 
and be part of it. And we're like, wow, let us think about that because we're far. And then we prayed about it. We both felt like God really wanted to be for us to be part of it, and it's the right time for us to be. And I'm like, okay, then you you need to provide because we we can't. And then something that really blessed my heart, and it, it almost brought me to tears, uh, is that every single one in church, church back home. They're like, I can't maybe help you financially, but I'll do this. Someone opened their home for when we go back until we find a house. Someone else bought us something. Someone else helped financially. And to see every single one in church send us, both of us, we we were emotional. So it was really blessing for us. That's awesome. And to add to your your story, um, I mean, Anna sent out an email and, and said about it as well. And uh, just said, you know, we're excited because the uh, this Albanian couple want to come and, and, and be part of it. And one of the people who I didn't know was on my mailing list was Pastor Prudence in Zimbabwe. And if you know Zimbabwe, then you can understand why this is such a powerful testimony as well. And Pastor Prudence was praying when she read that and she was like, I want to give towards that. Because she, she can cut, like these guys are part of the answer to Albania when they go back. So I want to give towards this. Um, and she gave... 40,000 leg, I don't know. 6,000, uh, it was I think 6,000 rand. 6,000 yeah. 6, 6, rand, which is a lot of money. And I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's great. Thank you for the testimony. He was next. Excuse me. Awesome. So uh, my name is just a very short one, uh, like me. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> so um, when we got to go um, to Zululand now recently with Shane and the team, uh, what really blessed me so much was that um, when we were, so Lisa and, uh, and my flight was earlier, so um, we had to take an Uber to, to get to the airport. Um, and so Shane walked with us um, to the, where we were meeting the Uber driver, and he waited with us until the Uber driver got there, and uh, like put us in the car, and still gave us like, here's some money for lunch, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that's, it, it really blessed me a lot, that, you know, and I mean, and he's our leader and everything, but more than that, the love and the care and just like, you know, like, um, like he cared about every detail, even like our food and stuff. So I think even that just really showed me God's love and care and just how he works to the community. It really me. That's awesome. You know, thanks, Anna. You can come. If, if you're in a church and you're not experiencing something like that, run. <laughs> <laughs> run. No, mine is basically what you were talking about last year. Um, I was one of the people who had COVID. And yeah, it was like overwhelming the community that I experienced. Like Shane checked in once or twice a day, <laughs> um, which I think, and like people would just like come and bring stuff. They're like, "Are you okay? Do you need something to eat?" Um, and like I said, it's fine because I lived with my parents at that stage. So they were like, "Okay, cool. Bring some other stuff. <laughs> what else do you need?" And just like constantly, people were checking in, and it was like super overwhelming and I think like it's one of the reasons why I barely had any symptoms <laughs> was just because I was so encouraged by community and like being uplifted that my like faith yeah but like that's um, I was like really believing that I would not get sick and I think it was mainly due to people just checking in and like hearing so that was awesome. that's awesome that's great come Priyank did I see one more hand? No. 
Great. Yeah, I received an awesome word from Coonrod, a new father. Congrats, Cooney, if you're tuning in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Tigers were weeding up. And Cooney knows my backstory, he knows, you know, my relationship with my dad, my early dad. So he gave me a great word at the end, which just hit home, home run, you know, shot to baseball. <laughs> he said, You are not your father. That, that touches miles for me, man. So, I mean, that's a great example, thank you, Priyank, of like someone getting a word from God and, and sending it to him. And Kunrad wasn't there this morning, was it this morning? No. A while back. Was Kunrad there that morning? Probably not. He's usually not there. So he would have been in Selimbosh if he was anywhere. And Kunrad then reached out to Priyank and sent him a message which encouraged him. And they were in different locations, I'm assuming, which is really, really great. Chilega. Hi. Um, for me, my testimony is like... Um, when I started joining Grace Life, oh, I was so broken. <laughs> I was so crushed. And um, finding a community and finding family, mm. it has helped me, you know. And I remember when I came to Grace Life and I realized that I need community. And I started to join um, Dream Team just to connect mm. and then my journey, you know, um, it will be like this one, that one, that one, that one, until I find myself on my feet. Mm. So, it, it, you know, community for me, it's, it's, it's really a great connection that I can testify. Amen. And to add to Lekha's testimony, it's great because I know the testimony, so I can add to them. Uh, it was amazing for me how much she valued community and she was willing to invest into being part of it. And that's, she lives in, uh, in Mbukweni in Paul, and she would Uber to Stellenbosch, and then she would Uber when Tigerberg started, then to Tigerberg. Um, and, you know, when I f figured that out and how much it cost, I was blown away, even when she was unemployed. She would Uber such a long distance to be part of community because she was like, this is, this, this is um, like life. I can't remember how you described it, but it was like, she can't do without this. And it kind of just challenged me, you know, like, uh, how much do I value it? Because it's a, it, you know, it is like, for, for so many people, it's a lifeline. And then so many people just treat it lackadaisy as something that's an option. You know, it's not optional for the, the believer. And I mean, there are some churches I would say run from. You know, don't, don't embrace there because, you know, it'll kill you. Uh, it, it's legalistic. It's maybe not fun. It'll, you know, destroy your, your, your joy or whatever. But, you know, there's some healthy churches which God wants you to be part of which can minister to you. So just for two minutes, let's just pray. And Father, I just thank you that right now you just encourage each and every one of us by your spirit. Thank you that you just reveal something to us that we can encourage someone else with. And if there's, well, you know, we won't have any words now from the pulpit, but if there's any words for someone across the, the congregation, I thank you that you just put it on our hearts that as we're fellowshipping or as we leave, we can just reach out to those individuals and just minister to them. And you, you guys online are not limited or excluded from this. We want to encourage you as well to pray now. And if you're online, just, just, just decide like, if, if God puts someone on your heart, you're going to reach out to them. And you're not just looking for a word for someone. Ask God, how can I bless this person? Is there a way that I need to bless them? Encourage them. Do something for them. This is the way God builds the body. It's through the Spirit in us and in each other. 
Thank you, Father, that you, right now, are just encouraging, comforting, restoring, building. In Jesus' name. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.